passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And it'd be interesting to see what they do with this defensively. You mentioned it earlier, the the, the glaring need at edge rusher. It's the one piece of this offseason that leaves me scratching my head because when you go into free agency with the most salary cap space of any team in the league by far, you go into the draft with 10 picks. You figured somewhere along the lines you could have added something that that enlivened and juiced up your pass rush a little bit. As it stands, the only notable investment on the edge that Ryan Poles made the entire offseason was in Demarcus Walker, who's entering year seven with team four with 19 and a half career sacks. I think Ryan was um, – forward i think on saturday night and saying look there's still options out there for us we can go back down the street free agent market we can see if there's a combination of talent and practical value that matches up for us and we can look and and see if we can add something there if they do i think people in chicago will go nice job if they don't i think ryan's point was this was never going to be a one-off season repair project and we have next year and I thought it was really notable, David, late Saturday night for Ryan to say that he was already putting some of his top lieutenants on the 2024 draft class so he could get a look on probably just to ease his nerves and anxiety. And like, if we don't have any edge rushing this year, can we get one next year and saying, OK, two first round picks 2024. This is what the board looks like. OK, I feel a little bit better about taking a deep breath and not getting caught up in the anxiety that the rest of the world feels about our pass rush. Just take a deep breath, have a beer, relax. You a know, bourbon. He said he was going to have a bourbon. bourbon Saturday night. All right, that's good. <laughs> well, for the sake of attribution, David Cyberston was the Our Lads analyst who made the comp of uh, Javon Dexter to Chris Jones because he remembered that Ryan Poles was in Kansas City when that all happened. Okay, let's um, switch to offense back on the other side of the ball, Dan. I want to know what you think about how, uh, number one, Roshan Johnson fits into the plans. I think that you pointed this out, and I thought the same thing as the scouts talked about him, as the Bears talked about him. I can't remember somebody having that much praise lavished on him as a rookie who hasn't done anything. How does he fit? And Tyler Scott, 
the wide receiver who ran a 4-2-9 at Cincinnati, he's a guy that also can be a special teamer. But I thought those were fourth-round picks I didn't expect to see in terms of the positions they were drafted. Roshan Johnson, a running back, Tyler Scott, a wide receiver. I'll start with Scott because he was a name that, you know, I wrote a piece at chicagosjuvenile.com in April about kind of the the speed and separation skills that Tyke Tolbert uh, values in the receiver position. And, and Tyler Scott's name was in that piece as a guy to keep an eye on as a day two guy that the Bears could look at. He lasts until day three. I think there were some people surprised around the league that he was still there. And the Bears took a calculated gamble on bringing him in with the belief that his speed can give him a dimension in the passing game that's going to make him very friendly to Justin Fields and that he has an ability uh, to be coached and develop and turn himself into something as a route runner that could potentially make him a weapon in more ways than just, hey, run deep, kid, you know, and let's now let's get you involved on some shorter routes, some quick game stuff, jet sweeps, whatever it may be. You've got an interesting piece here that now in instantly adds to the competition in that receivers room, because obviously I think you agree now. Now you've got a, a group of receivers that name recognition is high. Potential is out there. Production needs to be seen, you know, and so now this is the ultimate challenge that they set up. Um, I'll leave it there. I'll see if you got any feedback on that, and then I'll get into Roshan Johnson, who's, in my opinion, the most intriguing pick of the entire weekend. One of the things about Tyler Scott I wondered was that if they are devoting a fourth-round draft pick to a speed-wide receiver who they couldn't believe was on the board because a lot of draft boards had him much higher, as we would learn later, who is that a message to, if anybody? Because as you point out, there's Chase Claypool, there's DJ Bales Moore, Jones. and obviously now Darnell Mooney. I wonder if this says that he's not healing at the rate that they are comfortable with. I viewed it as a potential message or shot across the bow at um, Bayless Jones because the other two veterans, Pettis and St. Brown, you know, they're there, whether they're kind of, what do they yeah, mean? placeholders. They're kind of placeholders. But I do think that if you're talking about guys who need to pick up the pace, if you will, Velas Jones would be at the top of that list. Is this a message to him? You brought up three names that I think are most significant. We got to learn more about where, where Mooney is in his recovery and rehab process, because as we mentioned, when it happened, it was one of those injuries that you go, oh, God, I hope this doesn't create a long and grueling rehab. We need an update on that. Haven't gotten it yet. Need to dig on that a little bit more this weekend. When you ask who it's a message to, I think it might be Ryan Poles' message to Ryan Poles in saying, don't get married to mistakes you've made if you can acknowledge that they're mistakes. And so we'll see uh, where he is on Chase Claypool, where he is on Valus Jones and how this all comes together. But adding another guy into the room that can challenge and compete for playing time and compete for touches is notable. And we're going to have to watch in the months of, of May and June and then in training camp in August to see how this all shakes out. Um, but I, I wouldn't put it past uh, the notion that, that Ryan understands that maybe he, he, he swung too, too aggressively at Chase Claypool and maybe didn't make contact. Maybe he did uh, have some errors in, in judgment of who Valus Jones could be as a professional football player. It might be his own message to himself. That's interesting. I, I also think this, and, and wonder what you think about it. You have a receiver now that gives you a little bit more leverage when you're talking contract with Darnell Mooney, when you're talking contract with Chase Claypool. These are guys who are going to want second deals with the Bears after this season. And when that process starts is anybody's guess. But I do think that if you draft somebody 
like Tyler Scott, who was a great interview. I know yeah. he's dangerous uh, because he can't coach speed. And he might be a guy that becomes one of these just likable, productive players. <laughs> hey, remember, Darnell Mooney was a, was a fifth-round pick, so you no never doubt. quite know what you're getting. And I think that if you're Ryan Poles, you have leverage that you didn't have before the draft in dealing with these potential wide receivers who you want to negotiate contract extensions with. Darnell Mooney became everything I thought Anthony Miller was going to be. Right? <laughs> yes, true. And so it's just a note, like is Tyler Scott, everything that they thought Bayless Jones, what it's going to be, you know, and, and, and sometimes that happens in the, the do si do square dance of, of NFL roster building. You mentioned Tyler Scott being likable. I will point this out because this would be great for our audience. Tyler Scott said that he, you know, he grew up a running back converted to wide receiver when he got to Cincinnati uh, said that he, one of the guys he studied as a running back was Gail Sayers. This oh, wow. was amazing to me. And he said his dad's favorite football player uh, was Dick Buckus. And his dad apparently has an uncanny resemblance to Mike Singletary. Oh, he does. And, and gets mistaken in public I, for Mike Singletary. So you can talk about a guy with Bears ties here. Tyler Scott brings it right to the table right out of the gates. I saw the video of the family being notified <laughs> of the draft call from the Bears. And I thought, what in the world is Samurai Mike doing in the living room? Uh, he looks should, just like him. He should never pay for a ticket at Soldier Field if he ever was going to have to. He should just walk up and, you know, try to get the deep voice and say, hey, I'm here to play the game today. You know, and pretty like, good. <laughs> we want winners. <laughs> All right, pay so the, the running back situation. I, I think Roshan yeah. Johnson is somebody that sat behind Bijan Robinson for four years. You give him credit for not taking advantage of the transfer portal and being, you know, somebody who stuck it out. He did have – a productive college career. He wasn't overused, so his body will be fresh and rested. He did average five and a half yards per carry. And Dan, some of the highlights that we're privy to over the weekend, he runs with purpose and he's hard to bring down. He's a bigger back, 6'2", I believe 233, 223. So he is somebody that is a different stylistically. How does he fit in? Is this a message to, or not a message, but protection against Khalil Herbert, or maybe even Deontay Foreman because he's on a one-year deal. Yeah, another Texas running back. You spent five weeks shouting into the megaphone, get me the Texas running back, and they went out and did it. They just got you the second one, right. not the first one. Right school, so wrong Roshan guy. Johnson. I, I'm intrigued by the competition that they've got set up in the running backs room because you got Herbert, you got Foreman, you got Roshan Johnson, you got Travis Homer. Somebody's going to have you got Kari Blasingame who's going to take a spot as a fullback. You know, it's just a, a numbers game there. And so now who's the odd man out, and what does this look like as all this unfolds? You've got a guy here that played – quarterback at a high level in high school was a stud coming out of high school as a quarterback and they they see things within that skill set that they can tap into offensively gonna be really curious to hear luke getsy's vision on that at the same time i think you've got a guy that um you know has been productive that B. John Robinson himself spoke very highly of at the combine is saying, man, what a great teammate this dude is. And, and you mentioned it earlier, John city, the area scout came down shortly after that pick was made and talked to us for about seven minutes. And it was the most glowing seven minutes I've ever heard on draft weekend from inside a building about a prospect that's been drafted. And that's saying a lot. Um, they just think the character is off the charts that, that, that his ability to take whatever role they give him and master it is off the charts that, that again, you know, having played, quarterback he doesn't have all the tread uh, or, or doesn't have all the mileage on him that that a lot of running backs coming into the nfl have and so they feel like they can tap into something here and have a total hidden gem will it happen i don't know you don't know i don't know we'll watch it unfold but the way they sold it over the weekend david at least raised my eyes to be like okay i'm watching you know i've got my eyes on this now 